Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. This time I was driving aggressively because I had a mission. I took chances weaving in and out that I wouldn't have taken otherwise. I had to get my daughter to the doctor. She was in extreme pain. And so soon we wound up at the doctor's office and I carried her in. The doctor took one look and decided that it was more than gastritis. And we waited for a few minutes the doctor came back and said, sure enough, her appendix is swollen. You need to go to a hospital and you need to have surgery. Adam Clay and his family are missionaries to the Taikadai people in Southeast Asia. For several years, they have been reaching out to spread the gospel through medical mission work and friendship evangelism. But as you will hear in this story, missionaries are not immune to Satan's attacks or illness. Today, Adam relates a personal trauma that affected his daughter, and he tells this story because... Because it's close to my heart, or actually close to my daughter's appendix. He calls this story, Collapsed. One Sabbath, as we were sitting in church, a man walked up next to my ear and he whispered, Your daughter fell down in the hallway and she can't get up. Oh no, I thought. I wonder what's happened. So I jumped up and went outside into the foyer. And there on the floor lay my daughter crumpled in a heap. And she was moaning. Now, the sermon that day had been about demon possession and dealing with the spirits. And so my first thought was, something's not right here. So I knelt down beside my daughter and I said, are you okay? And she was just moaning and moaning and not really giving an intelligible answer. And so I thought, maybe Satan is fighting back against the sermon today. So I folded my hands and and started to pray for her, put my hand on her shoulder, and was praying that if there were any evil angels in the area, that they would leave and that God would send his angels to protect her and to protect each of the people that were around. Then, as I opened my eyes, my daughter was still lying there moaning in pain and holding her upper right side. I said, Amber, what's the matter? she started kind of mumbling some unintelligible things. Now I want to stop for a minute and give you a little bit of background. On Thursday or Friday, she had been having some pains in her stomach. And we had actually been planning to go back to our village from the capital city where we were. But when she started having stomach pains, my wife reminded me that her brother had a ruptured appendix when he was 13 years old and had almost died from it. And so she was very concerned that we should stay in the city and make sure everything was okay first. 
the day before we had actually taken her to the doctor and he had felt around her stomach and uh, listened to her stomach and he was sure it was just gastritis. So he gave us some medicine for gastritis and sent us away, said if we had any more trouble to be sure and call him. He gave us his telephone number. So we had given Amber some charcoal and garlic and water all mixed together, and her stomach had felt better. Friday afternoon, she was feeling better, and Sabbath morning, she woke up and she didn't seem to have any pain at all. She ate breakfast, no problem. Amber's relief from pain was only temporary. During the Sabbath service, her health took a turn for the worse, and she collapsed onto the floor. So... At that point in the church, I scooped Amber up in my arms and carried her down the stairs to the level below where the parking lot was. And I had many, many church members following me, all wanting to help, but no one knowing exactly what to do. And so I was carrying her and thinking quickly, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I remembered I had the phone number for that doctor back in my room. So we drove back to our room. I picked up the phone number and my wife called as we were driving to the doctor's office and normally in the capital city you have to drive assertively and kind of just merge into traffic even as it's moving but this time i was driving aggressively because i had a mission i had to get my daughter to the doctor She was in extreme pain. And so soon we wound up at the doctor's office. And I carried her in. The doctor took one look and decided that it was more than gastritis. Uh, But he still wasn't sure what it was because it was kind of in her back, around her kidneys, and in her upper right side. Not the normal areas for appendicitis. But he decided to send us for an x-ray, and so we went, and we had to drive to another hospital, got back in the car, carried her up several flights of stairs to the x-ray room where they did an x-ray. And we waited for a few minutes. The doctor came back and said, sure enough, her appendix is swollen. You need to go to a hospital, and you need to have surgery. And so we started asking the doctor, well, what hospital should we go to? Because a lot of the hospitals in the capital city are not the kind you'd like to go and visit. There are many beds in one room. It's hot. There might be one fan to kind of cool the room. And there's a lot of insects, mosquitoes, and little tiny bugs flying around. But the doctor mentioned to us that there was a new hospital called the Royal Phnom Penh Hospital. And he said it was a little more expensive, but it was higher standards. So we drove to the hospital. Amber was still in pain and still moaning and groaning in the back seat. And as we drove into the hospital parking lot, again, I carried her into the hospital. They met us with a wheelchair. It was a very beautiful hospital, very much to Western standards. And so we went in, and they decided they needed to do a CT scan on her. And so we went 
into this room and there was a great big giant donut inside. And they laid her down on top of this platform and gave her some medicine that she said stung inside as it, as it went through into her veins. And so I couldn't go in. I couldn't be there with my daughter. I had to stand outside and watch. And I saw her lying down there. They gave her instructions on how to breathe or not to breathe when she went into the machine. And then they ran her in and did the CT scan. And the other thing that had been that the other doctor had done is he had taken blood and sent it for a blood test. We had to wait for the blood test results before we could do anything. And so after she came out from the CT scan, we went into a waiting room and there we waited. And we waited and we waited. And we waited. And uh, none of us had eaten. So we're all standing there kind of feeling a little faint. Finally, someone went to get some water and came back. And Amber was just lying on the bed in excruciating pain. And she would grab a hold of my hand and squeeze really, really hard. And I bent down and I said, Amber, do you want me to pray with you? And she said, yes. Now, the reason, one of the reasons that I wanted to pray with her is because they were planning to do surgery, they could not give her any pain medication. Um, somehow it would interfere with the, with the anesthesia that was necessary for the surgery. And so she was lying there with no pain medication and she was in excruciating pain. So I bent down and again I prayed with her and I, and I said, God, I can't do anything for my daughter. You have to help her. You have to, you have to at least please make it so it doesn't hurt so much. And at that point she stopped moaning and the pain didn't go completely away but he took away enough of it that she was able to bear it. And so we waited. And again, I tried to call the doctor and find out if the results had come in. No, not yet. Called him a little later. They were in and he was going to try to send them. So he tried to send the results, but they didn't go through on the email. Something was wrong with the internet service. So he tried again. Finally, the results came through, and sure enough, she had an infection in her appendix. Then the doctor who was going to do the surgery came in, and he explained to us there were two different types of surgery they could do. They could do it laparoscopically, in through her belly button, or they could make an incision. And so I started asking, well, what's the difference in the two? And he said, the laparoscopic one it is more expensive. The other one takes longer to heal. And so uh, we discussed it for a few minutes and decided to do the laparoscopic surgery. And we were confident that the doctor had done many of these before. And so again, we prayed together. And then they took her away and gave her the anesthesia. And we had to wait. So while we waited, we went and grabbed a bite to eat. And it wasn't long before they 
they called us and we were able to go up and see that she had come out from surgery. At that point, I think she was still asleep. She had woken up, but then she had her eyes closed and we asked how she was feeling. She said, okay. And then we just had to wait for the insurance to kick in. But God took care of us in the fact that if we had been in the village and had to drive over the bumpy road with all the construction into the capital city, it would have been horrible for her. And we were in the capital city, we were able to stay there. The people at the insurance company said that we had to stay there for a week until she healed up properly. So we didn't have to go back over that bumpy road to the village four and a half hours away. It was just really nice to know that we have a Father in Heaven who cares for us. He cares for even the little things. The appendix is not a big organ in the body, but it caused a lot of pain, and he reached down and helped Amber to be able to bear the pain. Thank God for his watchful care over the missionaries. The Great River people with whom the Clays work have a population of about 230,000, and they live along the borders of the Mekong River. About 88% of them subscribe to Islam, and another 10% to Hindu beliefs. Christianity is next to non-existent. There are no known churches or scriptures among this people group. They are truly unreached. If you would like to support the Great River People Project, or similar projects like the one the Clay family is working on, point your browser to afmonline.org and select the Missionaries tab. That's afmonline.org. We appreciate all of our donors for the funds that you give that help us to live from day to day, and we also appreciate the prayers. And I know that there are times when you're praying at home and Sometimes those times actually coincide with things that are happening in the village. And God works through your prayers. He helps to take care of us, and he helps to take care of his people on this side of the world. Thank you very much.